I was my friend Moose. I was just hanging out with him. He's like, I'm playing D&D with these guys. You want to join us? Like, sure, whatever. So I joined and I played this monk and it ended the, the, that night ended with me and another character in a polar bear skin, pretending to be a polar bear with me throwing darts out of the polar bear's ass <laughs> at gnomes. <laughs> not gnomes sorry no, uh, what, what are the more things goblins at uh, goblins <laughs> that is it was what D is all that is was, that is prime D&D you cannot you cannot script that nope the dm's got like his list and he's like over the dm actually the check the <laughs> Welcome to the Cold Bow Podcast. This is Jake, and I'm here with my cold bros. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. The hey. episode has started. I remember. <laughs> it has begun. Welcome. I remember, I remember my lines this time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. remember. We're in season four, episode three. Season four, episode three? The Cold Bow Podcast. Lord what? have mercy. We're just cooking. We're really now. picking up steam now, guys. Season just four. Yeah. Cooking. What's it, what's, what have y'all been up to? What's been going on? We didn't do that the last two episodes. Nope. Didn't do it. What, oh. what, what's been going on? Shoot. Dude, what have I been up to? I, I actually <laughs> I started preparing for this. I actually started listening to um, Norm MacDonald's book called mm. Based on a True Story. And it is hilarious. It is, is the it? funniest thing. When did he write it? Uh, probably two or three years ago. Oh, okay. Is it like, is, is he the one reading the, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's reading it. I'm so glad I'm listening to it because his delivery is awesome. I yeah. have like oh, seven credits to burn. So do it. I need, to, I need to get something. Dude, this one. Oh, I was like, I was, um, driving alone in my car, like belly laughing to the windshield. <laughs> just, just cause That's you know, how you know, know how he goes, he like commits so hard to bits that it's like, there, there's this moment where he literally spends like four chapters on this side tangent that you're that like every time the next chapter comes and it's still about this story. I'm like, dude, I couldn't, yeah, it's, I couldn't his help it. it's, so, it's his moth story. It's his moth story. He does the moth story, and and the, the moth ah. story he does on, on Conan is like abbreviated. This one goes on for like 15 minutes. Oh my god, it is so funny. Oh, he, he is. He. I love how after that came out, everyone was like, "Is this the greatest joke ever told?" <laughs> it was like it might be like the best joke ever. Yeah, I don't um, know. I was on his. Uh, and he he does this bit about Rodney Dangerfield because he really looks up to Rodney Dangerfield. A lot of people do too, like yeah. in like the comedy legends mm-hmm. or whatever. Because he's just a joke machine. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's just like joke after joke. But um, um. He was like, and I got to know him pretty well, went on the road with him. And uh, he, he confided me in this in this uh, secret of, my, of, of his. Like he had this really larger than life life and he uh, he had lots of acclaim for, from everyone he knew. But and he told me this in secret. But uh, I figured I'd, I'd divulge. The guy didn't get any respect. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You can't get any. <laughs> and, then, and then he yeah, it's it's hilarious. So so if you if you are looking to spend some audible points. Yeah. I didn't even know do, I was still subscribed. 
I just got an email like they're about to expire, and I was like, "What is?" Yeah, what? <laughs> I've got you that have six hundred audible points. <laughs> I had eight, and they're like, "It's going to expire in February," and I was ah. I just I think that's crap because you paid for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a class action lawsuit against them. Yeah, that should not be legal. And they they settled it by they send out warning emails now. Oh, that's they uh, still yeah, have to pay yeah, a big chunk do. of money, but. Um, Thanks, Jeff Bezos. But what you should do, yeah, he's, he's no longer retired. the CEO anymore. Oh. Um, but what you should do is you can, a uh, little pro tip here is if you go through the cancellation process, it'll offer every other month. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've done is because every month was a little too much. I think that's what I did actually. Oh, good. Because I can't well, to, our, to our listeners. Ever ago. To our, yeah, we're not sponsored by Audible or anything. We're not that kind of a podcast. But uh, but if you uh, if you don't think you can do the full one book a month, you can do one every other month. No, if you we're sponsored by leaving. the fourth richest person in the world, Dick Fart 6969, <laughs> who invested in GameStop. Potato in my ass, 69. <laughs> <laughs> invested in GameStop. Um, that, was, that was maybe my favorite meme from the GameStop <laughs> thing, was like, who should I listen to, a financial investor or... Uh, Big Titty Man 6969 <laughs> for my financial advice. And like, oh, I think I know who I'm going to go with. Dude, that, that was funny because like I was so into it for about four days. And now anytime I see a YouTube video or anything about it, it's just like, I, I just grunt and like, I can't stand this story anymore. Oh, I, I, didn't, so even, I didn't even like fully understand until I watched. I was telling Troy about this. Do you know who Lauren Chen is at? No, she's an Asian chick. She, I think she works for Glenn Beck. I don't even know, but she explained it in a way that I finally understood it. And I was like, Oh, and then I was upset. I was like, how are they? Was it the gorillas and the snakes and the bananas? No. Yeah. That's what I think. It was was explained to me like, Oh look, the gorillas have a, have a market. And then, okay. I read that and I still didn't banana. Yeah. (laughs) I still didn't. It was explained to me that way. And I was like, okay, gorillas and bananas. And I don't get it. Cause I don't understand stocks. I understand bonds. What doesn't make sense to me is that you can I the, bond with you all. The, the uh, you can borrow. No, that you can sell stocks that you don't own. Yeah, because borrow. it's borrowed. You, so you sell, you short a hundred and thirty percent of the stocks you own, with the promise that you're going to buy those stocks back when they're at a at a smaller price. Yeah. So you sold them high, and then you're going to buy them back low. And then they keep, but that, and that's why the the squeeze, and that's why the squeeze was so big because then everybody squeezed, then everybody bought them up. Troy grabbed his balls. Stop saying squeeze. (laughs) (laughs) Then everybody bought them up, and then they were like, oh, well, now we're required to buy back those 30% of those shares at a higher price than we sold them for. And it, then it like bankrupted them. Yeah. It's freaking wild. Poor rich billionaires. I read this like 75 long tweet. Uh, thing yeah. explaining why Robin Hood, why it wasn't illegal and not actually uh, bad that Robin Hood stopped people from buying those. Yeah, I, I've I've seen the other. It was of the so too. freaking confusing. Uh, the fact that the that's what our financial system is based on is this stuff that is that is so mind boggling. You have to have a degree, a college degree in finance just to understand what's being said, not to actually do it just to understand what the words that they're saying. I'm like, it reminds scary. me of that John Mulaney joke when he's like, did you guys see that the Dow Jones was up six points today? And I can't tell you how frustrating it is to not know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've sent you guys all kinds of memes of like, 
me uh, it says like oh when i find out that uh, regular joes are sticking it to stock investors and it's uh it's the mom from Arrested Development saying, good for them. <laughs> Me, not knowing anything about the stock market, is going, good for them. <laughs> I'm glad they're doing it. I'm not going to do anything about it, but... Some people are all in. Not to, so. Let, I'm gonna it. I'm gonna take a left turn and change course, and it's Please kind do, of for the love kind of, of serious. Um, Scott, you remember the the book um, "The Sun Does Shine," yeah, right? Yeah. So I recently, so this book, "The Sun Does Shine," it's about uh, a man named Anthony Ray Hinton. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah, extensively. Um, he's a guy that got um, COVID. <laughs> no, I hope he didn't. That would be sad. Uh, Sorry, he got convicted. Joke. He got convicted of murder and spent 29 Not years on death convicted. row. He got spent 29 years on death row in Alabama and uh, did not commit the murder. Wow. And then um, the, an attorney named Brian Stevenson who runs this not for profit. Uh, he represents these people on death row for free and uh, overturned his conviction and, and let him go free. Hmm. Um, and so I saw that, uh, uh, I, it's one of my favorite books. It, it's changed my mind on a lot of things. And I've actually changed the way I think based on that book for a lot of different things. And so I saw it on Amazon and decided I bought, I would buy it cause I listened to the audiobook and I wanted it a physical copy for my personal library. Um, and then my girlfriend and I last night were looking for movies to watch on, and we were on, um, HBO and February just started. So it's black history month. And so the, one of the banner things was black history month movies to watch and the movie just mercy came up. Yeah. That was about that lawyer, right? Which, and it's, it's the same lawyer, but it's about a different guy who was wrongfully, uh, wrongfully convicted of murder. And he was next door neighbors to Anthony Ray Hinton in prison. And so, so we watched that movie last night and that stuff I learned last night cause that book really hit me hard, but I learned last night that like, I am super passionate about that stuff. Like it really bothered me. It really got to me that the whole death row, the whole death row. And like, and I don't want to get too far into, uh, the, the ethics of, of, uh, capital punishment and stuff like that. Oh, that's, but I talked about the stock market. That's true. Um, but it was just, just mercy was actually such a good movie and I'm not like the actors in that movie. I'm not necessarily huge fans of like it's, um, ah, what's his name? Michael B. Jordan. Well, there's Michael B. Jordan plays the, the, the lawyer and I love Michael B. Jordan. I think he's a great actor. He'll be a great Superman one day. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, but, uh, speaking of superheroes and I, it's going to, piss everyone off that i can't think of his name but jamie fox jamie fox jamie fox was the guy who was wrongfully accused and then um another superhero was the assistant what i can't remember benedict cumberbatch no uh uh captain marvel allison brie uh uh, allison brie yeah i'm not a big fan of her either but she's she's a great actress she just wasn't good in that brie larson allison brie's i was about to say Allison Brie is a cute one. Allison Brie Larson. Allison Brie Larson. No, Brie Larson, who I didn't like in the Marvel movies, but she's great in like dramatic roles. And this is a dramatic role. And she was a really great actress in this movie. Everyone just did a really good job. Anyway, 
You should watch that movie if you haven't seen it. No mercy. Just mercy. Just mercy. Yeah, I'm so no, lost. It's not. It's, it's not Cobra Kai. <laughs> Strike card. It's called Just Mercy, not No Mercy. Just Mercy. All right. Oh, so, so it's, it's really good. Words, well, sorry. What? Nothing. It's pretty heavy though, so it's not something that you watch just kind of like on a whim. All right. It's, it's well, I'll watch heavy. it on a whim then. So it's really, but it's really <laughs> like good. I watch everything, <laughs> right? Also, read The Sun Does Shine. That's a great book too. It is. So, um, speaking of, uh, you know, mentioning Cobra Kai and talking about things that we talked extensively about last time in our cold bow awards episodes, I actually, uh, decided to binge watch Ted Lasso cause I heard you guys talking a lot about it. That show is amazing. It is so like, good. I wish I would have watched that show before doing the cold bow awards. <laughs> so I would have voted for it more. Ted Lasso was a, Ted Lasso was great. It really was like, um, the, the mixture of like genuine emotion yes. and humor oh. in that show is so well done. Yeah. And, and it's a positivity like 2020 needs. Yeah. Well, and then, and then like, like I think you said it, Jake, where you just Ted Lasso himself is just comes across as this bumbling idiot, but he's actually very, very smart at what he does. You know what I mean? It's yep. just, it's just, and he like just slowly like wins over people and it's just such the a way good, he's able to pull the strings. Yes. Yeah. Such a good, uh, like it's, it's, it's funny because it, it's a show that has like, you know, has the F word and has like it, all these adult themes, but it's actually very like family positive almost. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, um, it, what, and it's funny cause Jason Sudeikis, it's yeah. got so many F words. And I think Jason Sudeikis says, says one, one. <laughs> in the entire series. <laughs> my favorite part, my favorite part of the whole show. I already told you guys this was when he and Higgins were talking about getting lunch and Higgins is like, I'll Caesar you later <laughs> after he walks out and he just bursts through the door. And he's like, that was amazing. <laughs> just, the way he burst through the door is just so good. But I love, like we were talking earlier about Bill Hader and Fred Armisen and, and Jason Sudeikis is in that same yep. SNL, uh, yeah. whatever you call cast. it. Yeah. Um, era. era. Thank you. Um, that's a word, but cast also accurate. Um, he's such a good actor. Like he played that role so well um, of just Dude. being this ignorant American moron in, in this high class British society. And then it turns out that he's actually smarter than all of them. His, his, um, cause that's how it guys, is. Literally nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> no, his, uh, his, his reaction <laughs> to his reaction when, when she came in, she apologized and he says, Oh, I going love to that. a divorce is hard. It's your, yeah. I forgive you. And it's like, Oh my gosh. It's just such a great moment. It was just oh, such and, a great moment. Well, in the acting, like when she's just like, I mean, she, she was a good actress anyway. She yeah. had, a, she showed a lot of great emotion and stuff. Like even just the, the cookies and the biscuits, you know, and, mm -hmm. and all of those things. And when she, when she's seeing what all her story arc is probably one of my favorite of all of those. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when she comes and apologizes to him and like her emotion was just like, oh, it was, it was good. It was good. And she's, then he immediately, like he didn't, put her through anything to, to yeah. forgive her. He yeah. was just like, he's no, like, you're forgiven. That's it. Well, and even, even like, uh, when, uh, he gave the little, little note to Jamie Tart at the end. And it was just like, even in the face of all that, when like his own dad was, was given him, was mm -hmm. given him for, um, for the game, the match, like the opposing coach who used to be his coach, whatever was still very positive. It was just such a it's great message. Oh. And it, I, like Scott said, it's the positivity that yeah. 2020 needed. Exactly. I, was, I can't recommend it high, highly enough. It was mm -hmm. so good. And even the opening scene when you sit down on the chairs and they start to turn red and stuff and like, just so good. It was good. Good stuff. So thank you for recommending Ted Lasso. I also recommend Ted Lasso. Good. 
on Apple Deal. TV Apple Plus. TV. Apple just TV, Apple TV, right? Whatever. What, whatever, whatever, whatever the streaming, streaming service services that Apple, that Apple has. has. Just find a friend who has it and steal their password. Can I have your password? I don't have it. I stole my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> that's uh, that's the official cold blow stance on this. <laughs> um, I hope Apple's not listening. <laughs> They're not. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, we, we are on Apple Podcasts. There might be someone who's listening. I don't think anyone's listening. Probably not. We do have, I did just check. We have 23,000 downloads. Hey, so, nice. watch I out. I know. It's only for, taken four years to get there. Okay. But seriously, like we were at 10,000 at the beginning of have? season, season three. And then we, and then season three, like just got, we all know what happened to season three. And then we got another 10,000 just like that. And nothing has happened. We still have, we're still growing. So we're still getting listened. Is guys. that the secret to, to making cold Bowl successful is just make the world as bored as possible that they're like what what is this what Cold else do we have to listen yeah, to fine put it on we'll listen I'm, to this i'll, do, I'll we, listen to anything we won't leave any reviews or anything we'll just <laughs> we'll just listen i guess <laughs> i mean to be fair that's what i do to be fair i don't really reviews i have never no. left a review for anything to be fair think, which <laughs> is a bad thing because i have a podcast do any of I you guys should. watch letter kenny no, nope. I, it's on my list though. You should, you should watch it's it. Definitely it's definitely on my list. It, it seems like it's right up my alley. It's, it is. It's great. Um, I won't get into though. Okay. okay. Chris, you have anything you've been doing or did you already go? Uh, I haven't met up to much to be completely honest. I'm still, uh, I, I haven't finished community. I've been watching that very slowly because I know that it's coming to an end and it makes me sad. <laughs> I'm just like super attached to all these characters. So, like, I just rewatch episodes over and over. Um, and I stopped playing Cyberpunk because it wasn't making me feel good, if that makes any sense. It was just, like, so chaotic and so, like, like, uh, like edgy. And this is weirdly, like, like me, high school me. Dude, I relate <laughs> to that. I That's actually why I stopped playing GTA 4. I, and which I heard was one of the better ones, but I just couldn't care about this Eastern European douche mm-hmm. that anyway, sorry. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm like, just saying I relate to that. Like, and it was, it's a good game. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, it's a good game. It's a good story. But I was like, I was like, dude, this isn't like, this is not spark joy right now. And I, I started playing breath of the wild again, just randomly. I was oh, nice. like, I was like, dude, I need that like peaceful, like music and like running through like a field. And then I'm like two divine beasts in now. Mm-hmm. So I just play that whenever just I just solving play. puzzles and shooting mm-hmm. bad guys. That game is just so good, dude. Mm-hmm. Everything about it's perfect. I just got my <clears throat> thing. The oh fly, yeah, the fly thing. I'm like oh. twelve hours past that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't played much of it, but I just got the, the yeah the glider glider. That's the fly thing. Man, this it's gonna be a rough episode for me today. I can't remember names. I can't remember name anything. I can't remember names. I can't remember names. I can't remember what I've just said two seconds ago. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun episode. What was that guy's name? Let's get into it then, huh? Yes. This episode, this today, this week is a grab bag episode where we're gonna talk about the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, everyone's favorite SNL product ever. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. Oh, because it should be on or around that we're releasing this episode should be on or around his birthday, February 15th. So rip the goat. Yep. And that was just, I just randomly Googled that when we were thinking of episode ideas. I don't know why. Like, Oh, Hey, 
You googled when is Chris Farley's birthday? Yes. Well, I also he he died twenty years ago. Twenty five. Twenty five years ago. Holy cow! Was it? I I think it's twenty four to be like specific. Yeah, because it's freaking legend died in with enough cocaine in his body to kill a rhinoceros and. Or what was this joke from the Sims? There's enough cocaine in that person to kill Jonathan Winters. <laughs> and surrounded by hookers. Like this guy was a nut job. Which is like kind of heartbreaking. It is yeah. kind of heartbreaking. Well, I mean, we've talked about Chris Farley a lot on this podcast. Um, like we talked about imposter syndrome and like, and how he had that. And that was kind of probably what led to a lot of his drug addiction and, and just a lot of what he, if you watch well, just, just being in, in the, in the entertainment industry, one being his weight and then, and then that doubled with whatever he was struggling with mentally. Like, yeah, it, like j- just comparing yourself to, just, well, people it's i couldn't imagine and it's weird too when you hear about when because like, it's been a long enough time that we were able to peek behind the curtains a little bit yeah. like there's like there's podcasts and there's documentaries now and it's like like yeah he had imposter syndrome and he had depression and then i'm like that's like the 12th comedian i've heard about that has imposter syndrome yeah. and depression i think like, it's what's almost going on? A, like, i think it's almost a requirement yeah. to be a comedian to be to, funny to because like like we talked about Bill Hader earlier and Bill Hader has debilitating uh like anxiety anxiety about performing in front of people like stage for debilitating so stage which is crazy Mitch Hedberg he couldn't even go out in front of a stage of people he had a that was his job and he had to do like oh yeah what, what yeah he, what would he do before cocaine yeah well that's also why he wore sunglasses so he wouldn't see the audience as much mm-hmm. um but bill Hader, yeah like which is crazy because you're talking about one of the best products to come out of snl right like right and Chris if you if you don't think bill Hader is one of the best products to come out of snl watch some of bill Hader's stuff i, I would say he's top five without even yeah. blinking and just if just watch barry that's all yep. i gotta say he's and so and chris farley well i so I'm going to pick the first topic. Go for if it. If that's okay. Um, I think there's one, there was, there was one in there that I saw that said, um, um, what makes Chris Farley so endearing even 25 years after him being dead. <sighs> and that was mine. Yep. I think, I think, <laughs> did, did, did you guys watch the, uh, comedy stand-up special by Adam Sandler that came out. I watched the song years ago. Oh my goodness. And then he, he ended with that song about his friend, about my friend, Chris, such a tearjerker. Uh, I like bawled like a baby when I watched that. It was so like, because it's such a joyful song. Yeah. It was funny. It was heartfelt. It was sad, but like, it's about his friend that died and it's his friend that is so close to him. And that song, the words, the lyrics of that song mm-hmm. are the reason why I think he, that's what makes him so endearing 25 years, even 25 years later. Yeah. Is he is just so genuinely funny and such a genuinely uh, entertaining person just by being alive. Yeah. Just by being him. Chris Farley seems like the kind of guy that you could just take and literally drop into any social circumstance or any social circle, whatever. And he would just be amazing and fit right in. And he would be everyone's friend and he would be, you know, just extremely Mm -hmm. likable and funny and just like, just the guy you want to be around. That's what, that's what he, that's what he came across. And then that's what you heard about him from Adam Sandler, from super self deprecating, from David Spade. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And 
Yeah, I think the, the word that keeps coming up is genuine. He, he was just like, he, he wasn't, and maybe he was, but it didn't seem like he was putting up any facades. It was just, he was just him. Well, I mean, I think the only facade, and I don't know if you'd call it a facade, but maybe it was just over pushing himself was just that, that just crazy need to perform. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, just the crazy craziness. I, I don't know, like the hyper activity that he, you know, like, I, like, I don't know if that would be a facade. Oh, yeah. it's that, but, that first yeah. SNL or not SNL first, uh, tonight show appearance that he did. I think Remember it was that when he on came, Letterman where he takes the fall, where he takes a fall super hard, mm-hmm. super hard. But no, it was uh, it was tonight show with Leno mm. and he comes out, he comes out from the curtain. He's he like takes shaking the fall, and he, <laughs> he takes that fall and literally skids across the floor on his face. <laughs> As he's no as he's no one can that. do a co- comedic fall like Chris oh Brown. my gosh and then he jumps up and goes over and then he does the whole he he his his character I mean I don't know if he was doing a character but he looked like the uh, the Chris Farley show guy from yeah. SNL where yeah. when he was when he was <laughs> interviewing was so awesome that was so awesome, <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> he's just like super nervous and wringing his hands the whole time and like that that's the kind of thing that endears you to a person like he he's he's such a bit larger than life person but then he gets out and in front of someone that he respects or something and he yeah. turns yeah i guess in a, in a way he was he he kind of hid behind that persona of the wild mm-hmm. um over hyper and then like super nervous like he played up his nervousness because he was nervous and so he would hide behind like the act of being nervous type of thing anyway yeah well yeah i mean i i find myself doing that with talking like I feel inadequate in the situation I'm in. And so my, my answer to, to feel like I'm adequate in the situation is just to spit as many words out of my mouth as possible, <laughs> which I mean, you must if, be nervous here a lot then. If you've been, <laughs> if you've been listening <laughs> yeah. to this podcast, you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, to, to mixed results. To mixed results. But I think, I think Chris Farley was that with his physical comedy. Yeah. Like he, he would come out and then he'd get super nervous and then do a cartwheel or something. And you'd see this 300 plus pound, pound man do a cartwheel, perfect but, cartwheel. Yeah. He, he was an athletic dude. He, yeah, he played he, sports all through high school. And he, everything. I mean, it was really cool. Playing sports through high school makes you athletic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I'm the expert. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> Chris Farley. Did you have any specific things you wanted? I mean, you, you put the, um, I mean, I was just wondering, like, I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect the man because I love him, but, uh, you can't help but wonder if you're like, is it cause he died? Like, did he not, Kurt Cobain? dude, I, did he not live long enough to make like a stinker like Jack and Jill or Norbit or something like, well, yeah, yeah, especially with that era, you saw Adam Sandler, for mm-hmm. for a while until recently he he was like the whole you, you die a hero or live long enough to be the villain well and oh, and these movies might be a little bit more endearing to us because we were younger when they came out and we mm-hmm. already liked him but i mean there was uh, like black sheep came out with mixed reviews there was also the was one tommy boy well tommy boy sure but that one kind of made him popular so i think i'll like more pop, whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't make him popular. He was chasing the, the kind of Tommy Boy catapult. Yeah, there was. What's the one where he and I think it's David Spade again are in the mountains. That's Black Sheep. 
No, yeah, they're in the mountains. In like they're, a, they're in and that's the, that's the other the problem is that all of this all of his movies are the exact yeah, same. Okay, because okay. he's a character actor. He plays the same character. Isn't I thought there was one where he and Matthew Perry were in a movie together. Oh, that, Wag, uh, that's, almost heroes. Almost, almost heroes. heroes. Yeah. But again, like I'm forgetting Lewis, Lewis and Clark. But then there was also a movie where he was in a Norm Macdonald movie. Uh, I can't remember the name Very of the movie. Very bad things. Something like that, but but he played the guy that like had half of his nose bitten off, and he was looking for the Saigon whore who bit my nose off. That was probably one of his last roles. And at that point, you just kind of like you kind of saw that the Chris Farley, the endearing Chris Farley, was starting to decline a bit. However, I also wonder because he all before he died, he was also voicing Shrek, and y'all we all know how popular Shrek became, but it didn't necessarily resurrect Mike Myers's career per se. But but. uh well, it resurrected his Shrek career. That's true. Shrek was but huge. I mean, as far as like the Austin Powers, Mike Myers, the, the, right. um, anyway. Um, but then you also wonder like, okay, we've, we've also talked about how, um, oh, what's his name? The guy that is in Kevin James, Kevin James. Thank you. How Kevin James has kind of replaced Chris Farley and a lot of these other Adam Sandler movies. And you just wonder, you know, you just wonder what could have been, mm-hmm. you know, I know. And, and you talk about how you see him in his later roles and you're thinking, yeah, how much longer can Chris Farley be Chris Farley? Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's ultimately what killed him. Well, it did. He lived so hard and so fast that like, you can't keep that up forever. Mm -hmm. Well, let John Belushi was, yeah. Yeah. And you can't keep the energy and you can't keep the attention and keep being the same, like one trick pony. For for too long, you, you you just take cocaine and and take that one trick and make yeah. it bigger and bigger and turn the trick up to eleven until you until you until jump you the shark and everyone, and well, everyone and so you die with enough cocaine to kill Jonathan Winters. Let's mm-hmm. talk about this as well. Let's talk you about need to Google Jonathan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about um, okay, so so uh, comedians especially who have had to kind of um, adjust or uh, you know their their style. I'll, I'll the first one that comes to my mind is Jim Carrey. Right, Jim Carrey came out with Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber. And the mask all in the same year and then he yep. kind of like had this crazy goofball Meteoric. persona and then of course before that it, there was in living color where he was still that same type of personality and then he kind of did a little bit of a shift where he was in more serious but still comedic roles like like uh the truman show um the majestic the majestic well but also serious comedic roles there's one on the tip of my tongue but <gasps> cable guy that was you know what shut up fun fact chris farley was cast in the cable guy to be the cable guy? Was he? Oh, really? Yeah. So what the point I'm trying Eternal to make with Sunshine this. Of the spotless mind. Well, no, I'm just. It's such this, a good You're movie. just like, this is just what I'm talking about is like Jim Carrey kind of adjusted and he, and he, he shifted so that his. Hold that thought, Troy. Comedy was. Okay. Hold that thought. Because this next grab bag, could Chris Farley have made the jump to dramatic roles? Okay. Well, then let's shift to that. So I'll, we'll shift to that. Are we Keep okay going. to shift? Yeah, okay. So the the point, the point I'm trying to make is like I'm just talking about Jim Carrey in the sense of that he shifted not just to d- dramatic roles, but his comedy shifted as well, right? Where he just became a little less crazy. But when he needed to tap into that more crazy like antics, like when he when he was the Grinch again, like it worked. And I wonder, okay, what would have happened if Chris Farley would have lost weight? And would have, and I'm not saying he necessarily, Hill. Uh, well, I'm not necessarily saying he needed to lose weight, but what if he had done a pretty crazy, uh, physical transformation and then maybe shifted a little bit? Would people have respected that a little more? I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. Think if, and I think he had the chops it, for it. I think you, you naturally, it. naturally, um, <coughs> comics are introspective and can take on, uh, more serious roles. And so and comedy and drama are not that far apart. Uh, it's all about, timing. although he, it's he, all about, and like, he was very slapstick, but, um, 
trying to think of how that how that would translate. And I think over time, it's well, hard. Look, to, at, look at Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler just came out with that. Uh, was it? Not precious gems, uh, uncut, uncut, uncut gems. You're right because um, it, and he, that I watched that movie and that movie is really, really yeah. good. And he did an amazing yeah. job. And yeah, and compare and, that to Billy Madison and compare yeah. that to Billy. Madison Adam Sandler's or, got some acting chops for Happy sure. Happy Gilmore, and I think that I think that absolutely could he have done it? He absolutely could have done it. Uh, would he have done it? I, I mean, I, I think you have, he, no you have to. After after fifteen years as a comedic actor, I think it, it's just you kind of have to. Like, right. But look at Will Ferrell; like he's done a few like dramatic roles, but nobody really remembers him no, for like Stranger, right. than, Stranger fiction. than Fiction and yep. stuff. Or what's like that. the one where he's going through a divorce and his like the movie opened with his wife throwing all the stuff out of the? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, right. Like nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, so like it didn't. I don't. I don't. I yeah. would say that it didn't really work for him. But That's but true. he can do it. the The answer is he can do it. D- I mean, can he do, he do it, it well? well? Can he do it well? Talk can about he Adam Sandler still. But well, that was Will Ferrell, oh, but Will like Ferrell. Chris Farley, and he was always like, you, if you listen to any interview, they say that he was like a stage actor, and he could never turn that off. Like, right? He was performing for the back row constantly, like in everything he did. Everything was so over the top. So like, and I mean, I don't know necessarily if he had like the chops to, I mean, he, he had a darkness to him, but so does every comic comedian. So it's like that, that role to like a dramatic role. Like I, I don't think you could look at that and be like, oh, that's Chris Farley. And then like kind of take it seriously. Here's the reason why I think it would have worked or why he could have. I I'm thinking about this as I'm speaking about it and I'm realizing maybe this argument isn't as strong, but obviously we're talking about Saturday night live and Saturday night live has a really good eye for picking comedians. And a lot of their comedians have been able to transition to, uh, to more serious roles. Um, or not necessarily transition to serious roles, but have shown that they can. I mean, right. again, this isn't necessarily strengthening my argument because I'm having a hard time coming up with well, blanks it, thinking of some, but I, I don't know. There's just something about like, okay. I'll just, I'll name a moment in, um, Chris Farley's movie, um, Tommy boy, when he is on the boat and at the end and he's talking to his dad and it's a really serious moment and everything. Mm -hmm. And then like, and then the wind picks up and and it's sweet and it's heartfelt and everything. And then, and then the, then it had to hit him in the head and he's like, ah, you know, whatever. And then like, and there was that comedic comedic aspect, but like, even if it would have just ended on that sweet moment, like, Mm -hmm. I think and that's just one right moment. Role. Yeah. I, I think it, it would have to be like a transition over time, like, um, like a half comedy, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it had to be the right role. And if you, he, he could tap into the seriousness for sure. And this, I think this goes into another grab bag thing, um, where it's one of my favorite stories of Chris Farley is some one that Adam Sandler told, um, we're doing favorite Chris Farley story. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So the, one of my favorite ones is, is uh, one that Adam Sandler told. And I think it was in that comedy special where he said that he, he came in, he, he was, it, they were at Saturday night live and he came around and went into Chris Farley's office and he went in and Chris Farley was sitting in there alone crying. And he's like, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I was just thinking about my dad. And he was just sitting in his office crying, thinking about his dad. And that's not a wild and crazy Chris Farley story, but it's a 
extremely humanizing Chris Farley story. Yeah, it is. He Speak- clearly wore his emotions on his sleeve. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, big Tom well he's, just, he's just thinking about it. It's not, <laughs> big Tom Callahan. <laughs> it's not that his dad had died yet. His dad was alive when he died. Yeah. So it was like... He, it's, it's, so it was just yeah. homesickness. He yeah. was just homesick. And who of us... Uh, I mean... I'm I'm pretty sure that every single one of us has experienced homesickness at oh, one yeah. point to the point where you were sa- it may not have driven you to tears but it it was enough to the kind of ruin your day and make you sad that because you were you you were missing your family or your hometown or wherever whatever you're missing I'm homesick right now mm. <laughs> um Chris is super codependent with his wife mm-hmm. he, can't, he can't be away from her for more than a couple hours <laughs> Before Where's getting... that lady with my latte? <laughs> <laughs> She's not coming. Is she? <laughs> um, uh, that's another thing we can't do is another we can't go 15 minutes without a Simpsons. Joke, so there's that too. Um, I have a really codependent relationship with the Simpsons. Um, but Matt that, Groening wrote all my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> my personal writer is Matt Groening. Um, no, but that that story of Chris Farley is just super humanizing, and it really makes him approachable as a as a human being. And that's one of my favorite ones, and it's part of the reason why I think that he pro- he probably could have transitioned into a serious role. Serious role. He could have tapped into some of that. He yeah, could ta- he could with tap the, with the right role, role, the right director, the right <coughs> cast around him. I think he, he could tap into some stuff. Yeah, I agree. But that, um, that was my personal favorite Chris Well, to, to take a, a left turn, my favorite story came from the book I'm listening to, Norm MacDonald's. Mm. Norm MacDonald uh, came on to Saturday Night Live maybe a year or two after Chris Farley. Um, back, really? Back, he seems so old. I know. He, he got on with Sarah Silverman. At the same time, Sarah Silverman. That's crazy. Sarah Silverman was on SNL? For, I think, she, probably just a season. I was going to say, was she part of that one season that was terrible i don't know right. well it was it was like this transitionary season so th- th- this is part of the story so um it was when all of like the chris farley um adam sandler who else was david spade, david spade they were all like the young guys and and they were comedians primarily except for chris farley who was he came from second city but um but so, so they were taken over from all the old from the old uh gang which was mostly uh like sketch comedy people. And so there was this like division at SNL at that moment where there was the community, like the young comedians versus the, the old sketch uh, people. And they, before the season started, like a week before they went on this, like getaway up and up in the mountains with the whole, the whole cast went up. And uh, this is all told obviously from the point of view of uh, Norm Macdonald. And he gets there and he's, buddying up with the uh, people and and he uh, said he asked he asked because uh, Adam Sandler got Norm Macdonald the job and he asked Adam like where's uh, where's Chris Farley like right as he asked Chris Farley comes in butt naked dancing <laughs> and sticking grapes up his butt and stuff like that jeez <laughs> and he's like that was that was Chris Farley and then and then later that night um, sticking Adam, grapes up. up his butt yes just popping them up there, just as, like, as Norm know, tells it, like um, the opposite of a Pez, you know. And so, and so the the story goes on, and he gets it, so, like someone explains probably <laughs> someone explains the division at SNL to him, and he's like, "So, so what side are you going to be on?" Adam asks it, and uh, Norm is like, "Well, obviously the naked guy sticking <laughs> grapes up his butt. I'm going to be on this team." <laughs> 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 
That is funny. That's a great story. Uh, where's Chris Farley? Did he have like a lampshade on his head? Like I really he hope probably he did. Okay, <laughs> uh, Troy. I, you know, I'm trying to think of my favorite Chris Farley story. And I just honestly, I can't really think of stories outside of like his sketches or his, his movies or whatever. But I do remember this is just be very vague. So I'll keep it short. I do remember hearing uh, David Spade talk about um, the movies that he did with him, especially Tommy Boy and just some of the uh, in, improv antics that he did mm. um was just really just really funny wasn't that just, movie written like to be his life basically like the that's just what i've heard anyway yeah something like that anyway um yeah that's that's all i'll say i don't have it i don't have a specific story but just kind of more along more along the lines of comments regarding his personality <coughs> and, and things like that is just sure. yeah yeah one of my favorite story i heard of him was something that always kind of humanized him because he did feel like larger than life um but I heard, I think it was Mike Myers talking about how Mike would write a lot of his own sketches on SNL. And apparently, like, that's how they worked. Like, you sat around a huge, like, Knights of the Round Table table <laughs> and you write your sketches and you're like, who do you want to be this character and this character? And they all wrote Chris into their sketches, but he never wrote any. Like, he right. would try, but, like, it just wouldn't work because he wasn't a writer. So he felt, like we said before, he had imposter syndrome. He felt inadequate. And uh, Mike Myers came up to him. He's like, I want you in the sketch. And he's like, you know, Mike, I don't know. Like, everybody's like, I feel bad. Everybody here, I'm getting more time than everybody. They're, they're mad at me. and I don't write anything. And Mike was like, that's a good thing. If everybody wants you in your sketch, then you need to, like, that's a good thing. Like, take advantage of it. Yeah. But And so, like, it, it humanized him because he felt bad for the other people around him that weren't getting as much screen time as him. And I guess he couldn't see the compliment in it. Uh, maybe he could, but he also felt like maybe there were handouts or something, you know? Sure. Well, after, but, yeah, after 100 compliments, you started like, okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I always liked that story. Did you say which, was, get it was, which sketch it was? I don't remember. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the specific one. Super interesting because I, I could not imagine being a writer at Saturday Night Live and not wanting Chris Farley in literally right? every sketch. Seriously. Mm-hmm. I would pick Chris Farley over Adam Sandler. It's like, I, 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 well, it was like, it's like, it, it's probably like when Will Ferrell was at Saturday Night I've heard yeah, it's like writing for Keenan Thompson now. Like you, yeah. you add him in there to make like pull a goofy face and <laughs> you want, yeah, <laughs> to do the gym face at the camera. Mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson does that a lot. But he makes his eyes all bulgy. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, that picture of him reading for <laughs> pick the city in Iceland. <laughs> it's the, the, the mountain like in Steve Ice- Harvey. The he's- mountain in Iceland. That- <laughs> he's got those big eyes. I just think it. Uh, uh, not to get out too much off topic, but I just think it's great that uh, Keenan Thompson went from all that to SNL. We still get a day. I know we still get to see him that many years later. Anyway, I loved him but- in, in Hubie Halloween. By the way, I thought he was hilarious. He was. Uh, I've heard that's a good movie. I haven't seen it. Are you serious? You Dead. haven't seen it? it? Dead. Serious. Oh, okay. Uh, You're a liar. Are you, what? I swear you watched it. Did not. It's, oh, it's better than it seems. I mean, it's it's an Adam Sandler movie, but it's actually pretty funny. No, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was the... He was... He was a sheriff. Yes, the, he was the... Kevin James was the yeah, sheriff and he like worked as a deputy at the yeah, front yeah. desk, whatever. That's right. That's right. And Hubie had to dress in costumes just to sneak in and tell him like, there's teenagers peeing in the pool. <laughs> and then he, but Hubie would dress up every time and he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Keenan Thompson's great. Okay. Let's see. Next. Um, next one. 
Let's let's see. <laughs> uh, Jim Belushi comparisons. Is that supposed to be John Belushi or Jim Belushi? Uh, whichever one's older. The one that died? Yes. John Belushi. The, the one that's the obvious comparison. Jim, Jim is John's little brother. There are two Still Belushis. Alive. What was his TV show? According to Jim. According to, According Jim. to Jim. Man, that was such great writing. You know, I just missed that show. <laughs> I loved I loved Jim Belushi. I think Me too. Jim Belushi's hilarious. Um but yeah, his brother died. Um <coughs> well, okay. same way that Chris Farley. Much died. the same fashion. But, but that's I think that's when I, I wrote that because if you know in that episode of The Simpsons where Homer's inventing stuff and there's a picture of Edison there, mm-hmm. and then Edison has a picture of Da Vinci. If you were to go into Chris Farley's invention workshop, there'd be Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah, there'd be a picture of Belushi John, there. John Belushi is our parents' generation's Chris Farley. Yeah. He's he's the same he's the same he holds the same spot in their minds as as Chris Farley holds in ours. And his is like Dom DeLuise. So does that mean that uh Dan Aykroyd is uh Adam Sandler? <laughs> Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, he's more like uh Phil Hartman, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love Phil Hartman. Rip, too. Rip rest, the goat. In, rest in peace. Um, These are the three like tr- most tragic SNL deaths right yeah, here. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hartman, Belushi, and Farley. Uh, Belushi though was part of the original cast, and he was. I'm not like super familiar with his work either. Like, I'm not I, other than Blues Blues Brothers and stuff. I'm not a whole lot. And I've, I've, I've admittedly never there. seen that. Oh, uh, you're lying. I'm, I've never seen it. You're, the sketch of the movie. Crazy. Dead serious. The sketch of the movie sketches or the movie like well okay yes. so like they would come out and they would like perform and stuff but like yeah, i've never seen it then they, okay the movie is so great the movie is so great i love i love blues brothers but john belushi was i mean he was the exact same person he was he was an overweight uh wild man that would come out and do perfect cartwheels and uh do crazy physical humor and break through tables and cut people with samurai uh, swords pull and... out a samurai sword and cut hamburgers in half and, <laughs> well, well, and, and to think though <laughs> like chibaga, 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 that one uh john belushi was so <coughs> beloved and such a like hallmark of snl for so long for chris farley to come in and did what he did Mm-hmm. To do what he did, and in, in the shadow, draw, immediately it, draw the comparisons and live up to and it. live up to it. That's the whole thing. Is like he he came into like wearing some big shoes, and and he lived up to it. The yeah. shoes fit. So I think that that that's a, a interesting take on the comparison because everyone knows about the comparison. He he brought it up himself that that's his idol, and and uh, John Belushi was his idol, and. Um, and it's sad that they shared the same fate, but like the fact that he lived up to it is is pretty pretty impressive. For but Chris. it also speaks to the way he died. Yeah, it live live hard, live fast, and die young. Yep. No mercy. No. <laughs> just strike, just mercy. Strike. Live strike. first. Live fast. <laughs> strike first. Strike hard, man. <laughs> I would love to see Chris Farley on Cobra Kai. I think it'd be perfect. <laughs> Beverly like Hills. a Stingray type character. No, Beverly Hills Ninja. Just have that character just <laughs> inserted into Cobra Kai. They can Kai. have like Luke Hang in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Chris Farley's Beverly Hills Ninja. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. The only thing I can remember from it. Well, there's two things. The poster. Him, that's all no, I can remember. Him in the, um, in the, the tree, swinging tree. Swinging in the tree. And then him. Uh, 
trying to f- find where they went, where he put the blindfold on. Oh, and he's, <laughs> and he's driving the car. And, and so, so he's like telling him where, the, where to turn. You're in the turn. ocean. How'd you get in the ocean? <laughs> they're in the, they're in the, the car, car wash. <laughs> that was when uh, yeah. Luke Kane came out and like punched Chris Rock and threw him in the trunk. And then he started driving. Right. All right. Um, let's transition. I, I kind of like. I kind of liked the part where he was meditating. And he's like, Wah! he's like flying through <laughs> okay. the air out to the mountains, and then and he come, when he comes back into his body, flies through a wall. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. I need to watch Goat this movie Chris again. Farley movie. Goat Chris Farley. I mean that that one. That's a good. That's a good segue. I think. Because talking about that one, every person I've shown Beverly Hills Ninja to has like loved it. They started out saying this looks really stupid, and then they all eventually it does look really stupid. I mean, it is really stupid, but it's it's funny. Yeah, it's it's slapstick. It's Chris Farley. Yeah. You're not. It's just like any other Adam Sandler movie. You're not going to watch it for a really great story in Diamond Dozen. Not a Diamond Dozen. Sorry. Not very often is what I'm saying. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, obviously his his rush or is not his Rushmore, but his, his Everest is Tommy boy. Sure. That's what everybody knows. Chris Farley from is Tommy I, I, boy. honestly, I, objectively, I think it's the best one. Tommy boy. Yeah, I, but I agree. I think my favorite is almost heroes. That one's great. I think that's my favorite too. Almost heroes. This, yeah. There's just a lot of gags in it that just work for me oh personally. Gosh, when he's trying to get the, the, the eagle egg, a, eagle egg. And mm-hmm. the face he pulls when the when he hears the eagle <laughs> screech, he like gets this crazy face because he, I love how he like kills a pig so he can have like ham, and he like starts eyeballing the bacon, <laughs> and he cracks it open and eats it. And he's <laughs> then he's like, "Dude, can you just give me the shells?" He's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, he, yeah, like, I only he need cracks the it open. I only need the shells. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Eugene Levy? He was like the French Canadian. Was that was that Eugene Levy? Yeah, and he had oh like the gosh. the Indian, like the <laughs> his wife <laughs> look at. Oh my gosh, dude! That's when so he, stupid. When he when he starts telling the stories about wild animals and how scary wild animals are, <laughs> and then everybody on the boat starts the. There's an animal on the shore, and they start shooting their cannons at it, and it's just a squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, that it's like dumb, immature comedy. That's like that's just so me. It's oh, al- yeah. it's almost like Leslie Nielsen type. Mm-hmm. Of just oh, stupid. for real though. Yeah, but like we, jeez, uh, when was this? Six years ago, so or so. I uh, went to um, went on a cruise with some roommates, and we went to we left from New Orleans, and when we, me and my cousin Patrick, what's up, Patrick? When when we got off the airplane in New Orleans. We're, we quoted that movie constantly because they were leaving St. Louis, mm-hmm. which is on the Mississippi River. And they're like, why are we going west? Why don't we just why don't we just go down the Mississippi and go to New Orleans? The food alone's worth the trip. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times Patrick and I looked at each other after we ate a meal in New Orleans and like the food alone is worth the trip. We should have done this years ago. That movie's great. So, are we talking about movie? His best movies where he was a lead, or just and like yeah, just be, some because of, because there's a because I mean we've talked about. I, I honestly, like you said, I don't at the top of the Mount Rushmore for him is is Tommy Boy, and of course you're, you're going to put uh, almost heroes up there. But I mean, like even even his role in like something like a movie as dumb as Coneheads was still really oh because he Coneheads. was he was the, the he, prom date. Right? Yeah, well, he was he was the Chris Farley was the straight man. Yeah. 
he which was the only crazy. normal right which is hilarious I mean, was he though like i mean no he wasn't but he was he was the he, only one that could he was the only he played he was the only normal person that could yeah. fit into a family of aliens and so therefore he was the straight you know what i mean like he was the relatable one the, the one that the audience could be like he like touched the daughter's cone <laughs> <laughs> the, the mom walks in <laughs> <laughs> but like um just jane I, I mean, you're ignorant slut I mean, I'm just looking at some of these, like, even just... What's her name? She is hilarious. Jane. Uh, what's, what's her last name? Jane. Um, like in Third Rock from the Sun? Third Rock from the Sun? She's, I'll get back to you. She's so but bad. even but even uh, even Billy Madison, where he's the bus driver. Dude, um, that, that's probably one of my favorite, like, right? um, okay, small Okay, let's, let's do it. Best side character Chris has played oh, before. Oh, yeah, that, that was a topic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't really know the topic. It's fine. We're segueing again. All right. Yep. Um, well, okay. They're, they're, the two that, that I like... Jane are, Curtin. Jane Curtin. The the two that I like are where he's the driver in yeah. uh, in Billy Madison and Wayne's World when he's the the <laughs> limo driver when he was when he funny. points the wrong direction. <laughs> Wait, was he's he like, the limo? You can take a left in Chicago and you go this way, mm. and then realizes he's pointing in the wrong direction, and the director has pounded it into his head. You got to point the other direction, <laughs> so he points and then go, oh, and then points the other direction. It just makes it look like he didn't know what he was talking. And about. He has oddly an, oddly a lot of Wait, uh, he was exposition. A, he was a limo driver. The limo driver. I thought he, he had a- he had like. Five seconds of screen. Oh, I thought he, he was, was a security guard in Wayne's World. Oh, maybe, maybe a security, security guard. guard. Sorry, I'm not trying. To, I, I'm just. I just remember him. He's trying to tell you guys are stupid. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Thanks, I'm just. Thanks, Troy. No, <laughs> but I also remember him being a limo driver. I'm sorry. I'm not like. It might I'm have confused. been a limo driver in another movie. Okay, okay. but I'm he was definitely that. He was definitely the security guard in yeah. Wayne's World. You're right. And he was um, given the directions. And but yeah, he, and they, they come away from it like, he had an odd amount of information. Because it, <laughs> it was just like pure exposition. Like, they just needed a, a tool, a storytelling tool to, to give them the information. And they called attention to it, which is funny. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would say probably mine would probably be Billy Madison. And yeah. only because he, you know. How red he made his face. Oh yes, well there's that, there's dude, that, and then him. dude, when he takes off his shirt, yeah. that part, that part was like, what I was getting to. Is correct, but <laughs> I quote that one all the time. That is correct, oh, but like, gosh. but also like, not only like how he ready makes his face, but like how he just. I mean, uh, did you guys ride the bus when you were no kids? yelling on the bus? But did you ride? Did you ride? I mean, other than maybe a no, field I never trip, did. You never did. rode the bus. I rode the bus. Mm. There was all like, and I no, had a few bus drivers. There were always <laughs> uh, uh, there were always bus drivers that were like that. That we were just like. <laughs> what kind of drive why, why are you a yeah, bus driver for right. children and and just like the way he talks about like how he's gonna like murder the kids and just like <laughs> and just like how he red's face gets and just screaming anyway well so j- just his mannerisms when he like looks up her, her dress when she's uh-huh. like his 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 whole demeanor and mannerisms yeah. is so funny i love it too when he's like because we all know a guy like this reese who comes up to you <laughs> and he's like me and her got it on no no you didn't no i didn't <laughs> but you can imagine you can imagine if we did <laughs> oh, oh that is so re- funny it's so funny <laughs> uh my favorite uh i guess i mean I don't, he was already kind of like a leading man and it's not it's not my favorite my favorite's obviously billy madison and i liked him in coneheads but he was also in all that once with Keenan on a cooking show. Oh, when Keenan because Keenan would put chocolate in everything, and he was like chocolate, and he'd put it like in a, oh, yeah. a tuna fish sandwich. But then Chris Farley showed up as like the Chicago ketchup king, and he'd put ketchup <laughs> in everything. Really dumb. 
but it was hilarious because he had like popcorn with like ketchup in it and he's just covered in ketchup while Keenan Thompson's covered in chocolate. But I remember watching it and I was like, it's Chris Farley. And like, I worshiped the ground he walked on at that age. Oh yeah. So I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. You should check it out. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. That's funny. No, oh, yeah, I, I think mine's got to be Wayne's World. Well, and that, that five seconds that he's on, fifteen seconds that he's on the screen, is worth it. Well, it's that, so good. And then you just look up like when you pull up his IMDb page. The really kind of sad thing on this is the uh, what the is it actor, say, like the eighteen? Ac- yeah, the actor credits that he has is only eighteen, and it's just like, yeah, it's sad. I mean, what is what's Adam Sandler's at like one hundred and fifty? I don't know. Yep, more than crazy. Kevin Bacon's. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Um, but uh, um, unfortunately, I guess the point I'm trying to make is we don't have a whole lot to go off of whether it's like main character or side character. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, if Chris went for the throat with goat movie, the throat, yeah, then let's say goat SNL sketch. This is so yeah, hard. So I, I, there's so yeah. This I, is so I, hard. I already know mine. It's the Chippendales. Okay, I was gonna. Like, if nobody else was gonna say that, I, I it has to at least. I think be that's given the obvious answer. I think that. I don't know. Okay, I I don't know if it's obvious. Him. Yeah, I don't but, know if it's the obvious. It's not the obvious because it the is. motivational speaker is the, the van down by the river. No, I yeah. don't think so. Not fully. Okay, like, like I mean, in, in terms of like. Like uh, what catapulted him into the stratosphere was Matt Foley. What about the no, like in terms of like recognition, like visual recognition? Like if you were to ask any schmo off the street, like it's Matt Foley. No, it's it's one hundred percent. I'm agreeing with percent. No, and I'm telling you this. A few years ago, I had this conversation with my sister Lisa. Oh well, she's the expert, so I guess. Well, that's know. what I'm saying. Like she's ten years younger than this. You're saying ask anyone off the street. I'm, she's not on the street right now. She is somebody out there. She might be. Anyway, um, so I, uh, we, we were talking. She, she knows the Van Man down by the river sketch, but mm-hmm. she didn't know. She didn't know like the sketch, but with him and Patrick Swayze, she was like blown away. So we showed it to her. She laughed her ass off. Mm-hmm. But so I mean, like that's what I'm just saying is like I'm gonna have to side with Jake on this one because the Man Down by the River. I, I think that I, I think the Chippendale sketch is funnier. Mm-hmm. For a lot of reasons, but the more recognizable one is the man down by the river. But the question like, is, what's your favorite? My favorite. Well, the, fa- the question is goat. Goat. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're talking about we're talking about goat, the funniest, and then all, like because my think, favorite is not the Chippendale. I think one, the Chip and I think the Chippendales one is probably one of the most well written ones. Yeah, because like you you can the go so many different ways. Yeah, so the, the judges' the comments because comments. they're the straight. They just well, and I and I straight. and I heard that they were going Your to body actually is just so. Fat so and flabby. <laughs> and he's like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> when he like opens up his, his robe and he's trying to like dance for him. Like, no, 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 no. Stop. But like, I heard that that sketch was actually written differently where Chris Farley was actually going to win. Yeah. And then, but like, the, the fact that he didn't and then they had to be like brutally honest with them Dude, like that, makes that it so much so funnier much better. So much but better. I mean it's Chris Farley against Patrick Swayze <laughs> like come on Dude, there, but there's so many Dude, there's, My, my oh, favorite yeah. one is Chris Farley's show the Chris Farley show. Yeah. Good heavens. The Chris Farley show. Oh, and uh, Colombian decaffeinated coffee. I was going to mention the decaffeinated coffee crystals. <laughs> How do you feel, sir? He's angry. angry. <laughs> <laughs> the build up to his. Just but like, you've got you've got crazy ones like Schmidt's gay. Oh my god! Uh, I love that too. Schmidt's gay. You've got Schmidt's gay beer. You've got uh, <laughs> the well, um, 
El Nino. You got lunch lady. <laughs> lunch lady land. Yo soy El Nino. The bears. The bears. The bears. Uh, Gap girls. Gap girls. Lay off me. I'm starving. <laughs> oh my gosh. These fries are so good. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's just one after another, after another, after another. Yeah. It's just, he's so good. So best versus most memorable. I would say most memorable is the Van Damme by the river motivation speaker. The best I'm going to have to say is, is, uh, Chip and Dale's. Interesting. I, <sighs> who was um, the character he played that always did this? Oh, oh my gosh! The inducing. I can't remember that. Dude. Like because the I don't. Powers that be don't want someone who like, maybe they won't have someone that leaves all dried up yogurt cakes under their armpits armpit. for weeks at a time. So <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't own a toothbrush? It doesn't have good hygiene. (laughs) If you can't see, you can't see, but everybody, every time they air quotes, quotes. quotes, yeah. Yeah. For every syllable. Oh my gosh. So funny. Schmidt's gay has got to be my favorite. Uh, that the the gif of Chris Farley where he takes off his sunglasses, dude. Have you guys seen the painting that people have done of that? It's like Guardians of the Galaxy colors in it. I'll have, have to not. find it and show it to you because oh, I love it. But you it's must. hard. It's hard. It's either Schmitzke or Lunch Lady Land. Because yeah. for favorite? me, it's, still, it's Chris when, Farley show, man. When, when Adam Sandler <laughs> kisses his mole <laughs> in Lunch Lady Land. Hoagies and grinders. Hoagies and grinders. Oh, navy beans, navy beans. Uh, and uh, Kevin that, Nealon is in that one. And Oh, yeah. That's from the Schmitzke commercial. Oh, my, yeah, that is. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, what's oh, wow. Theo Vaughn has that in his... Uh, does he? Oh. Well, he used to the um, before he got a new set for his podcast. Yeah, it's weird though that my two favorite are going to be uh, Adam Sandler ones. Yeah, it, it, well, the lunch lady one plays perfectly into both of their strengths. Yeah, yeah. Adam Cause, Sandler cause, uh, plays a silly song on and, the guitar, and, and Chris Farley does pure just physical like physical comedy. comedy. Like, I think the hardest the, the hardest the, I ever laughed is when. When he's rubbing, he's dressed up like a woman, and he's married to Adam Sandler. Oh my goodness! And he's oh. like rubbing his Dude, leg. Holy like, cannoli! Holy cannoli! Ravioli! Holy cannoli! Please give me cancer <laughs> now, me God! Now, God! <laughs> I showed that to Morgan and and uh, Liza the other day, and there are the, just the Zagat reviews of those two. But those two were so brilliant. How did they not? How did it end up being David Spade and him in the movies? I, th- I I don't know. I think uh, Adam was doing his own thing because Adam was uh, was a big enough name that he yeah, wasn't going to share. Didn't, didn't share Adam billing. and Chris Farley kind of get booted from SNL at the same time? I say booted with an air yeah, quotes, yeah, yeah, booted they as got in booted uh, officially. They, they, uh, they, were, they were asked asked to resign. They were they were told it's either you resign or we let you go. So there is, I think so. I think it was, if it wasn't the same year, it was, it was, uh, so one right after speaking, another. going along this uh, transitioning well, as we've been doing, um, what is your goat cast member during his era? His fellow oh, cast members, fellow cast members. Well, uh, I mean, <sighs> that's a good I'm one. Gonna that's say, a good one. That's a good one. And I mean, we're asking for the best, but I think someone that I've always really liked is Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. from around that time like church lady 
and I but I can't think of a single sketch they did together off the top. I of think my head. I think he was the one of the ones that was leaving as he as Chris was gaining. So was it, is that not? No, no, that, that works. That oh, okay. works. I'm just saying that's probably why they weren't. In I think it. I think Danny Carvey's underrated as well. So do I. Oh yeah, I think he's hilarious. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like, okay, it is hard. I like David Spade a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't I, think of a single SNL sketch he's done. Well, I mean, other than the ones that he w- where he was with, you know, Chris Farley, you know, like the the girls. What are they called? The, the Gap Girls. The Gap Girls. Gap Girls. But and, like, and Matt Foley and yeah. But like uh, when I think of David Spade, I mean. Some of his his own personal movies and TV shows and stuff that he's done. I I, I don't know. I really like David Spade. Um, so out of and that, I like era, Joder. I'm like a Joder apologist. Yeah, <laughs> out of that area, out of that era, I definitely think I would probably say David Spade. But I'm not saying that with a whole lot of confidence. Dude, is, is, is Dana Tell. Carvey is Chris Farley in the Fresh Pepper sketch? Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm, I don't know. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's Adam Sandler. Dana Carvey has like pepper and he goes around the people's table and he's fresh pepper. <laughs> and he's going to squeeze pepper on their plate. And Adam Sandler's new and he does like the happy Gilmore thing. He puts it by his crotch and like shakes the pepper shaker in people's faces. It's really dumb, but it's hilarious. Hmm. I think I think just purely based on the SNL sketches and not what they did afterwards, Adam Sandler. I, the, I, I had Norm MacDonald and Adam Sandler. Because, but, Adam but Sandler, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to think, um, uh, what's his name with the voice that did the Schmitzke? Kevin Nealon? No, no um, you said him. He died. Phil Hartman. Hartman. Phil Hartman. I think. Oh, Ad- I thought he was before, but they, they were together. I, Phil Hartman was was in for a while. I think they he. Were, I think Phil Phil Hartman was still in the '90s with uh, in there with the '90s with Will Ferrell and them too, wasn't he? At uh, least, at least he made some appearances. Then. He died like in '95. Hmm. I but I, um, I think Adam Sandler is probably one of the most like obvious choices just because of the career he's had afterward. But yeah, he, he, but he's, I, he's I'm not even like I'm not even saying the career afterwards. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm like just in in essence his during his, SNL. his uh, opera man and like canteen opera man uh, canteen boy. <laughs> uh, he was the Cajun man. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, he was uh, like, I mean, you want to go in, I mean, Schmidt's gay, obviously uh, lunch lady, like all of Adam Sandler's bits that he did when he yeah. was in SNL was just, it, uh, those two were the two powerhouses in Saturday night live. I have that, a ra- when Sorry. that era, I have a random, uh, I have a random, grab bag question that just came to my mind. Okay. So you guys know how Adam Sandler played, uh, Andy Samberg's dad in one of Adam's. Oh yeah. Who would Chris, who would, whose dad would Chris Farley have played? Dude. See, hold on. Cause this is, this is like <laughs> perfect. Cause we have, who is a modern day Chris Farley. Okay. But I like okay. your little twist on it. Okay. Wait, wait, yeah. Repeat what you just said. So, okay. So Adam Sandler played Andy Samberg's dad in, in one of Adam Sandler's movies. funny people, funny people. Yeah. Um, so who, who would have been oh, Chris so Chris Farley? Son. Yeah, who would who's yeah Chris Farley's son? So who's the modern day Chris Farley? Yeah, I had an answer for this, but I don't. I think that he's only like 10, 15 years younger than Chris Farley. But the only person I could think of is Jack Black. That, that's exactly why is put. he younger than Chris Farley? Yeah, really. I put Jack Black as well, just because just the the whole 
He's the only one that does slapstick. So yeah, yeah. Because nowadays you have the you have the fat even like fat Seth Rogen. Like he's he's not like you got fat funny actors. Like they have to they have to be fat. He can't like do comedy. Chris has a bone to pick with. Do they have to be fat though? Okay, I've got one that's gonna just out of left field. I I don't think they have to be fat, but like okay, so um, first of all, I'd love to see Chris Farley and Jack Black and like as like a brother role. You know, Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome. But uh, Adam Devine, Devine, Devine. Yeah, that's oh, good, yeah. dude. That, that is really good. That's good. Adam, De- is it is it Divine or Devine? What, how do yes. You, which what is it? But it could be. Yeah, it could be yeah. yeah. You Devin. could you could say you could say he's <laughs> his Devin. dad. He's the dad son thing. Oh, yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Son Chris like, Farley like, as yes. his father. Dude, I think you win that one. Ah, thanks. You know, you know who else would be? I mean, if we're doing like father role, then uh, you know that little pudgy kid in. Um, Jojo Not Rabbit. Oh. Jojo Rabbit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little Chris Farley. Jojo. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I would also love to see um, Chris Farley and, oh, shoot, what's his name? The American James Bond that we always talk about. Um, oh, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Danny McBride. <laughs> in, a, in a role together. But as a father son, I think I'm going to leave. Well, him. you have like, you have like Jonah Hill is uh at the beginning of his career was more of a comedian but like oh i've got another one because you have jason seagal and stuff like that that are people yeah see, jason seagal there are people that are funny but that that but every role they do has some seriousness to it that's that's very not chris farley like okay i've got another one and, so it's and hard to say who would be the modern day it, adam divine i think is when you think of father son i'm gonna also throw another one out here uh and it's Completely off the wall, but uh, Chris Farley and Michael Sarah. <laughs> just think about them two together as yeah. a father son. I don't know. I'm just thinking about it because they're almost like polar opposites, which is which is what would kind of make it funny. Yeah, it I don't know because that's the thing you talk about Adam Adam Sandberg and Adam Sandler and Andy Sandberg, and they're very similar. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, I like the I like the Adam Divine. Awesome pick. That's a that's a that's a, that's a really good one. Cool. Uh, uh, let's see. One more. Do we have any more? Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, Chris Farley is only like five years older than Jack Black. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised that he's older, but I just. All right. Yeah. The last one I'm going to do the best movie Chris could have starred in had he not died. Starred as in like well, a well, supporting maybe role? Maybe not star, but just the, the best role. The I best mean, role. Okay. Let's take out, let's take out anything that Kevin James is in that's supposed to be a replacement yeah. and then also take out Shrek. Cause we already mentioned those two. Yeah. And I don't think you, I think, I think Mike Myers, I think Mike, Meyer, Mike Myers did a His better Scottish Shrek accent than sure. Shrek. Have you, have you guys listened to the audio of Chris Farley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shrek? I actually kind of like, it made me sad of what like, it really could have been. Me, yeah. It would have been so different because it was like, that that was like Shrek is Chris Farley. Like it's his story. It's like, mm-hmm. there's more to me than this being a fat, scary looking big guy. Right. Like he, like it was Chris Farley has layers and he died like before onions. he could say that message. That's sad. Um, so, so mine, uh, Jake, you brought up Jason Segal is uh, I love you, man. I think he, Oh <coughs> yeah. Jason he would have been great in that. <coughs> Holy cow. As which character? Jason, Jason Seagal's Jason's oh, right, 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 next to Paul Rudd right yeah next to Paul Rudd that would have been amazing oh that would have been I think it's an underrated movie I mean I stick, so with, stick with him and do Forgetting Sarah Marshall I haven't seen that him movie. being a, a him being a lovesick guy trying to get his old, his ex girlfriend back his hot ex girlfriend that he was trying to get back that would be all right I've got two. one for you guys <laughs> um, 
him in Zoolander instead of Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> so hot right now. <laughs> uh, I just, I just like think. Obviously, the uh, the ironic, I, I, the irony. Thank irony. you. The irony of the role, but also just him um, acting next to Ben Stiller would have been great. <clears throat> yep. So I had, uh, I couldn't really see him, like you said, like as a leading rope man, but I, I started thinking of like ensemble movies that he would have done really well in. And I was thinking like any Wes Anderson movie, oh. he would have been like great as like, oh, yeah. like a bellboy and like a Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh my like, gosh. On, like him and Bill Murray on the submarine together. Like he could have just Steve been, Zissou, yeah. yeah. Or just like any Chicago lawyer. Just <laughs> You're that, right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Speaking of ensemble, I think Anchorman, he would have had a good oh, somewhere. He would have had, of course, he would have been in that. Oh, yeah. totally. Okay. He would have been one of the other news crews. Yeah. It would have been like the sports guy from mm. one of the other news crews. That would have been funny. Well, and also just to like, speaking of like kind of Will Ferrell movies and stuff, it was actually Chris Farley was was intended for the role of Elf itself. And so I'm like wondering. Was he? Yeah, he was. Shut up. Yeah. I, how did I not hear Watch that? the he, films that made us. The I did. He was intended for the so Elf many one. Did you watch the Elf one? Yeah. Uh, they talk well, about how so, so they were they were he was in, in the lead but the writer didn't feel like he fit the the writer was like no yeah. we will not do chris farley yeah chris and yeah. so he he the writer actually let the the because he sold the script and then he let the contract expire because they wanted chris farley and mm-hmm. so he wouldn't let them option it until the it expired and then they, he went with someone else because he wanted will ferrell okay so twist on this then because we're obviously thinking comedic roles what about dramatic roles for chris farley any wes anderson <laughs> <laughs> okay fine no because he would be the comedic really uh, dramatic roles i mean and this isn't really fair but i keep thinking like because jack black i feel like took a stab at drama i'm not sure if he liked it but like that could have easily been chris farley and king yeah. kong or uh or even like it's it's not it's a more of a feel-good movie it's still pretty funny but school of rock was great school of rock one. just plays into jack black yes. so well and it it doesn't for chris farley mm, so. i've got another one for chris farley uh, replacing John C. Riley in Step Brothers. That's what I have that written down. <laughs> he can be replaced. He can replace John C. Riley. In yeah, Talladega Nights. John C. Riley is so good. He is in very good. Everything he, he does in Gangs of New York replaced John C. Riley <laughs> as the sheriff. Even like in Boogie <laughs> Nights too, and like, and it's, he talked about it in an interview. He's like, "Yeah, I was doing like movies with like uh, Daniel Day Lewis, and now I'm." known as Will Ferrell's stepbrother. Like that's <laughs> Walk hard, the Dewey Cox story starring Chris Farley. I, I mean, he's like, he's just this is a very talented actor. He can yeah. do everything. So but who's to say Chris Farley couldn't have? I, I don't, I think he could have. So I actually going along what Scott was doing with the, with the Jason Segal thing. I actually just watched a movie. It just came out called our friend, which is, um, Casey Affleck, Dakota Johnson, and Jason Segal. And Casey Affleck, Dakota Johnson are married. She gets cancer. Jason Segal moves out and lives with them basically for like two years while she's dying of cancer. And it's super, super tragic and it's super sad and it's super. I don't know if I um, want to watch that. <laughs> dude, it is a. Uh, my girlfriend, I think, started crying in the very first scene and I don't think she stopped crying. Like, 
Like isn't that as Amazon girls, as girls would call it ugly crying the yeah. for the entire two hours of the movie. It, it is a heavy movie. You shouldn't say that about her. <laughs> I mean, she's beautiful, but <laughs> she she definitely bawled hard. Uh, but uh, Chris Farley could have played that role. I think I, the more I think about Chris Farley, kind of. Cause he was, he was kind of the funny uncle. He is like for the, a friend. Yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of the funny uncle to the kids. <laughs> the funkle. And so he would sit with them and he would make jokes with them and stuff like that. And so just seeing Chris Farley sit and kind of an older Chris Farley sit and make jokes with the kids, mm-hmm. try and cheer them up while their mom is dying of cancer and stuff like that. And then being the strong person for his friend while his friend's wife is going like, I think that he could have done I just, our friend. Okay. Really I've got, well. I just had a thought before we move on. Uh, and maybe this is a little on the nose too, but I would have liked to have seen him attempt it. But have you guys seen 10 Cloverfield Lane, John Goodman? I haven't. Ooh. But he probably wouldn't have that, huh? Like, cause John Goodman plays a very ambiguous character. You don't know his motivations. He, wow. But when you first see him, he's like very sweet and very, uh, uh, charming, char- charming but like, uh, fatherly. Like yeah, he's fatherly. Like you, you trust him, even though he seems like he's kind of unstable. And I, I can kind of see Chris Farley doing something like that where you're, where his motivations are unclear. He's kind of like a, like if, if he was telling the story, he'd be, um, what's it called when you're the, the narrator, but you're have amnesia. <laughs> what's that style of storytelling called? Oh, the, like the unreliable narrator. Unreliable. That's a, yeah, unreliable narrator. Um, that's interesting. That would be an interesting pick and really any John Goodman role. <laughs> Make like, him a I'm cyclops. Just, I'm just trying. <laughs> Dude. Dude, he has the gift of gab for sure. <laughs> so I know we, uh, I know we went to um, dramatic, and I'm going back to comedy on this one. And I also know that we said Kevin James' roles was off limits, but uh, Hitch, I think he would have been great in Hitch with mm. next to Will Ferrell right. or not Will Ferrell, sorry, Will Smith. Um, You're right. So my biggest problem with that one specifically is I feel like Chris Farley was a little sloppy, whereas Kevin James is a little more put together. Which okay. is so I why think, I think Kevin James cleans up better okay. than Chris Farley. That's fair. How, but I mean, you can he who's to say he wouldn't have lost weight and then been able to to clean up as well. Because yeah. you look at because it was the same thing with um, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill was kind of a sloppy, yeah. Yeah. fat guy, and then he he can clean up now. But True. that's my hardest part about any of the Kevin James comparisons is that I feel like Kevin James. I also, it also makes me feel bad for Kevin James. A little bit. He's, he's yeah. a funny person on his own. Oh, he's yeah. great. He's his, YouTube, right. his YouTube channel is hilarious. And like his yeah, show, dude. like King of Queens is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's like now I he's have like the Chris entire Farley. I know. And, and the thing is, it's, it's kind of going back to what Chris Farley did with John Belushi. <coughs> he hit the shoes fit somehow. <laughs> The, uh, Chris Farley's shoes are too big for Kevin, Kevin James. But uh, I mean, and maybe it's a nostalgia thing. Yeah. 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 I don't want to. Because he is like a poor man's Chris Farley, but only in the roles that should have been. I but, think, but, but, I only, think, but only in our eyes. That, that's what I, I mean. Only in those roles that he, that Chris Farley should have I, I played, think, like written for Chris. Well, even then, I think people a little bit younger than us, because Chris Farley was in SNL when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And so. People that were that are a little bit younger than us oh, never saw saying. Chris Farley. Like our parents could say Chris Farley is a poor man's Belushi. Belushi, exactly. Sure. And so and so even people that are just a bit younger than us would probably see Kevin James even in 
like grownups and be like, no, that guy's hilarious. That guy's great. Yeah, because Farley could have easily been Paul Blart, mall cop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, I love those movies. So I don't even care. I didn't see the second one, but the first one was funny. I thought, I thought the first it was hilarious, one was great. dude. When, I quote that movie all the time when he when he's, he's getting peanut butter. peanut butter and he's like, peanut butter <laughs> fills all the cracks of the heart. Like, <laughs> that was me. Um. So we're getting there on time, huh? Yeah, that is. Yeah, uh, I think that's our Chris Farley episode. I think that's a good. Uh, that's a good way to end it. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I really enjoyed that one. Rest in peace, Chris Farley. Man, it kind of makes me sad thinking about what could have been with Chris Farley. Right, but but that's kind of the beauty beauty of it is that he's just. It's like just uh, well, yeah, it's, a, a, a moment in time. It's that, James that, Dean that, that will never. That will never be. Holy changed. crap! That's so poignant. He is James Dean. He's he's, he's like the James Dean of comedy, dude. Yeah. Wow. James Dean did like four movies, and, and I'm way and, more attracted to Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> but and Chris and yeah, yeah. It's just like something locked in time that will never. And then change. it makes you treasure his oh. movies, even as even the ones that are not good, like Black Sheep is not is Beverly is, Hills Ninja. Beverly Hills Ninja. These movies are are he's a Benihana like, chef. <laughs> objectively, not good movies, but they hold this like super special place in our hearts to the point where we adore these movies, not because they're good, but because of nostalgia. Well, and, and more so than like Adam Sandler's early movies, I think sure. because it's, sure. it's the Kurt Cobain effect. Like yeah. the fact that he died, especially in a tragic way like this. Uh, it it well, cements, Adam, it cements and it, it makes Adam Sandler lived long enough to make us realize that ugh, he he's some of the he's stuff he does is kind of crap. Well, yeah, but for a long time he was the villain. Well, and, and he also just did the Weird Al Yankovic thing where he just pumped it out just to pump it out, you know, yep. like just just putting out movies just to put them out. Mm-hmm. And Dude. occasionally you get a really good one, a really memorable one. Like I, I think Boy recently or he but, just started. Um, I think the difference with Adam Sandler's movies recently is he knows what who, who he is. Yeah, type of thing. He's not trying to reach. Yeah, uh, maybe uncut gems, but he obviously reached it. He didn't try. He but I don't think it. that was like an Adam Sandler production. I think he just was acting. Uh, yeah, like, no, it was him. It was it him. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Anyway, I think yeah, I think his recent ones are just more. He I just Googled Kurt Cobain effect because Scott said it a few times. That's not an expression. I just made it up. Oh, Scott coined oh. it. Coined by the Coldwell podcast by Scott Gifford. We are calling this Trademark. right now. Well, who else, like that happens a lot with if you go out young. Because I was like, do people all unanimously think that your music's better because you died? Th- that happens. I mean, I mean, Kurt Cobain, James Dean, John Belushi, Chris Farley, they're all, they're all, it's all Not the to same. mention John Candy. John Candy. John Candy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I treasure like every movie of his every, that I watch. Uncle Buck is, we're getting off the topic. Here. <laughs> yeah. We uh, closed the episode and then we're, you know. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so thank you all for listening. That's our, that's our Chris Farley grab bag. I'm so happy we got to do that because going down that memory lane was awesome. Yeah, that, that was, was nice. That was super fun. Yeah, because he's in the periphery of a lot of our uh, episodes, but to have him front and center is good. It was really awesome. Um, so thank you all for listening. Uh, if you liked what you heard and you thought that we deserve anything for it, please visit our Patreon. And uh, I think it's patreon.com backslash cold podcast. Um, even if it's just a dollar, anything helps. Uh, it helps with stuff like hosting our, our podcast on online and stuff like that. Um, so please, if you, if you think it, we deserve it, then let us know. Uh, also, if you don't think we deserve it, get online somewhere and tell us what kind of ass we are. Cause we'd like to hear that too. 
also um, just you know also tell us constructively how we can improve you know like we like that too sure, or not sure you know, well i'm not gonna listen to that guy that keeps saying the fire scott like <laughs> <laughs> episode ideas we like episode ideas uh that's all those are always fun uh so let us know and uh if there is there anything else no, that's it it's good to be back mm-hmm. yep good to be back okay Thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Love you very much. Bye. Bye. I love you very much. (laughs) That's my coin phrase.